looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Cause you'd make it snappy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, I just, sorry. Hi again. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the Stitchcraft Podcast. Should we just start this one over? Nope, we're keeping it. Oh, this is brutal. Okay, I got really distracted. Hi, this is the Stitchcraft Podcast. My name is Miranda. <laughs> My name is Eileen. And I totally don't hold my sister's dogs against her at all. It's a really cute dog. I'm sorry, guys. My dog, I opened the door to tell my partner to be quiet. And the dog ran in. And then she jumped up on the bed. And then when I was like, get get out of here, she just flipped over on her side and showed me her belly. Like, played me like a cheap fiddle. She sure did. <laughs> She's still on her side, too. Just like, oh, what you like this? You like this? <laughs> And I'm like, I do. She knows it too well. <laughs> You're like, I do like it. I do like it. Also, I had food poisoning yesterday, and she nursed me yesterday. Oh, like, you owe her. I owe her big time. But she, like, she let me hold her like a body pillow. And she's a small but very dense dog. And she just put up with it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, she was so good to me. And she followed me to the bathroom every single time. And then followed me to wherever I go. And then she gave me death stares when it was time to go to bed. Like, come on, Miranda. It's time. She's a very good nurse. Looking out for you. She is. Love you, little girl. My little girl. My big girl. <laughs> Still my baby girl. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. I start talking like a crazy person when I talk to animals. I'm so sorry. Even kids, I talk to, like, normal things. Normal people. But dogs, I'm a disaster. Anyways, Hi. <laughs> We we went over that. Oh, did we? Yeah, we yeah. already did the high part. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm saying hi again because I'm starting fresh and new. Anyway, <laughs> so how are you? What's in your cup? I am well. I I don't have anything in my cup yet, but I'm about to to get there. Let's uh, enjoy the sound together. Ooh. Oh, sounds like the finest of the Midwestern beers. It is, actually. So this is one of my most favorite things that happens in Iowa City during the summertime. And that is um, Big Grove Brewery makes uh, a beer called Side Hill Sour. And it's, you know, they're sour. But seasonally throughout the year, they make different fruity versions of it. Mm -hmm. And my most favorite, like right now, it's Summer Jam which is like berries and things like that. And it's, it's tasty, whatevs. Uh, it's fine. But nothing holds a candle to the Passion Project. Oh, yes. It is their passion fruit and plum sour ale. Mm-mm-mm. Mm, mm, mm. So last year, um, I don't think they, they were canning anything last year. So I certainly couldn't get this in cans last year. But this year, they decided to put it out as part of their, I don't think it's part of their core line, like you can get it all the time, but they did can some of it. So once they put on Instagram that you could get it at your local uh, grocery store, I immediately ran out and bought a four pack. Um, I have been nursing it ever since. And I'm going to be enjoying it in a cup that actually doesn't belong to me, but um, I stole it from Pat because I'm trying to... Um, 
you know, get myself to appreciate the aromas of beers more, which is really hard to do when they're in a can. So I pulled out a cup that has like a wide mouth on the top. Mm -hmm. You can stick your schnozzle in it. And it is a cup that um, our friend Pam gave to my husband, Pat, and it's got boobies on the front. Mm -hmm. It's just a little handmade ceramic cup. And the, uh, the potter who made these was a woman who had put like boobs of all different shapes and sizes on the cups. So, um, so Pam picked out the boobs that she wanted to give to Pat. And now, <laughs> now I have a cup. Well, I don't have a cup. I'm borrowing a cup. You're borrowing a cup that will help you enjoy the profile of this beer. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I, um, I think we've talked about this probably I think we've probably talked about this before. Like, I like sours all the time. I am definitely a sour beer drinker, but I especially like them in the summertime because it sort of gives that vibe of lemoniness. Yeah. Lemoniness? That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying. Lemony-ishness. There is something citric, like a, a citric acid feel, or maybe even, a, like, even vinegars, though. Like, mm-hmm. I like a beer dressing on things. I like... Oh, I like I like a shrub. I like that drinkable yeah. vinegar. I think that's good. So that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. There's something about it. And I don't know. I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, I only want this during certain seasons. But now that I'm back in the Midwest, there is something to be said for like mulled wine and spice cider or um, darker beers and stuff like that in the wintertime. There's there is something about it that makes sense. I don't know why, but in the summertime because it's hot, you do drink more. You want less alcohol, and Absolutely. that's why a Kolsch is always good. Mm-hmm. Are really good, and then sours aren't always very heavy. It just depends on like who you're into and what they're into and what they mix it with. Because sometimes they already cut them with other um, things, you know, like they might catch up to the shandy world a little faster yeah I was gonna say I think um most of the sours that I've seen unless you get like a um what's a a good example there are sours that are like um barrel aged sours so anything that's barrel aged is going to be higher gravity but I feel like most of the sours are in like the four to five percent range yeah and you could totally make a shandy from them and that would be delightful also especially I'm just sort of thinking the this particular series of um sort of fruit infused sours would make an awesome shandy because it doesn't have like sugariness. It's got all the fruitiness that you want, but there's not that sugar component to it. So if you were to mix it with like a, um, a lemonade or a um, San Pellegrino soda, like those lemon or orange sodas to give it a little bit of effervescence and to reduce the alcohol even further, these fruity sours would be I love it. Yes. <laughs> See your face, but I did. <laughs> Magnus Peak. Um, <laughs> yes. My compliments to the chef. <laughs> All I can think about is one time I was on the uh, Sausalito ferry with a bunch of friends, and we were talking about food, and I we were all hungover at the time, and I was like, man, all I want. McDonald's French fries and a Bloody Mary, and they were like, oh yeah. I was like. <laughs> McDonald's french fries, I don't care who you are, they're exquisite. 
and someone heard me and just started like spitting their drink out on the pan. <laughs> it was like, you know, those McDonald's French fries, they're just exquisite. I couldn't figure out any other word but the word exquisite while I was hungover. Not they're tasty or nothing's like them or blah blah blah. Yeah, I chose the word exquisite, but you went or say, did I get that right? Mwah. Mwah. Your trip from Paris is rubbing off on you right now. <laughs> I um, will say that I did have the self-control not to do that when I was in Paris. <laughs> I didn't have much other self-control, but I did have the self-control not to do that. Very good. Um, the last thing I'll say about Sours is that I think Dogfish had, um, I don't know if it's called a session, a session sour, but I think it's called, uh, it's a sequench, the sequench ale. I was just about to ask if that's what it was. That's the one I fucking love. And I feel like people who don't like sours love it. People who like margaritas love it. People who like beer love it. And it's a really good all around. I wouldn't say it's super sour, but it definitely hits to a lot of different flavor profiles without being like too heavy on anything. And it's, I think, around a 4% alcohol. So yeah, it's pretty low. It's pretty so low it's if not, I remember correctly. Okay. I'm going to get wasted on. It's more like, do you want something tasty and different here? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <sighs> How about you? What are you having? Well, on the theme of food poisoning. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that shit got up and got me good. I don't get sick. And when I get it, I get it hard for like 24 hours. And then it's like, it's over and done. I woke up feeling great today after only having Gatorade and saltines. No idea what happened, but I was a disaster yesterday. So that leads me to talk about my kombucha. Mm. I'm having Kavita Master Brew Kombucha with ginger flavor. Yeah, ginger to calm that tum-tum. Yeah, and I've been actually okay most of the day, um, but I'm just taking it easy, having a little bit of probiotics, because then I will go into my my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> we're winding it up so we can tear it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me let me tell you a little about this beer, then I'll talk to you about my theory on my body. Okay. Oh, I'm very curious. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God, anyone who listens to this knows us <laughs> pretty much. So they hear that laugh. Of, <laughs> like I just turned into like sideshow Bob half the time. Like I, actually, that's not Sideshow Bob, but you understand I'm a Simpsons character every time I laugh. So anyways, so the beer I am drinking is Indeed Brewing's uh, Peach Bum IPA, which I'm always a big fan of. Um, I don't know if it's so much it's seasonal. I think it's kind of seasonal, but I kind of see it a little bit more often than not. So hard to say, but I saw it today and I was like, oh, yes, I will buy it. Don't mind if I do. Once I finish my kombucha, I get my stomach right. Hooray. Um. So anyways, uh, my theory is that alcohol kills many things. Some people agree with that. Some people don't agree with that. I also believe that if you believe in something enough, it might work. So, I mean, the power of prayer, right? Just hoping it works. So when I lived in Hong Kong, I was, I wouldn't say I was sick all the time, but there was just a lot more pollution there and a lot more people and a lot of little, like, tummy bugs. It took a while for me to, like, you know, get the kinks out. I eventually like got a pretty iron tummy from it. But I did notice that whenever I was feeling like, well, I'm not feeling super great. I would still go out. I wouldn't share drinks with anybody, but I would be like, yeah, I'll still go to happy hour. I'll still like figure this out. And it usually kind of like helped my throat out. 
that was usually my biggest problem was like allergies and pollution and then just getting like kind of like a sinus look that also just you know overall made kind of feel like gross but if I went out and I had a couple drinks or four if you know me um it generally kind of helped me I always felt better so I don't know if it was me well, going, you learned no lessons did you <laughs> what's that <clears throat> I said you learned no lessons did you no, none whatsoever <laughs> But I also am like one of those people that like, I worry that, and this is probably completely irrational and it's not good for other people to follow my advice or I wouldn't even say it's advice, but I'm one of those people that like, as for as long as I can, I still want to enjoy cheese. I still want to enjoy mm -hmm. milk. I still want to enjoy wheat. I still want to enjoy all of these things. And when you, people do elimination diets to like figure out some of their health problems, I know that's super important. And not everyone is in the place where I am. But as long as I can, I do want to enjoy beer. And I do want to enjoy a drink here and there. And I do want to enjoy cheese and milk. And I'm kind of one of those people that if I take too long of a break, I worry that I'll build up an intolerance to it. You mm. know what I mean? That's kind of my point. Is like I worry about my intolerance, you know, crawling up into my life. Totally irrational. Totally not anyone else's problem. <laughs> Probably not real. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> just being honest, I am not. You're the doctor here. I just read things on Facebook. So <laughs> <laughs> Let me click through this article and then go to Snopes. Um, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I don't even waste the time on that. Anyways, so that is what's in my cup right now is some kombucha. That's what I'm having. And then I have a beer possibly coming. We shall see. We'll hear if I get there. Yeah. So <clears throat> your kombucha reminded me that I was just chatting the other day with uh, somebody here about how um, I have still not gone to the kombucha bar here, which is strange because I was really excited when the kombucha bar opened. Um, so for those of you who you know aren't from Iowa City, uh, which is probably going to be most of you, um, there has been a place here that brews kombucha for a long time called Wild Culture. And you, which first of all, I love the name. I think that's wonderful. Wild culture. Perfect. Um, so you couldn't buy, um, they, like they didn't have a tap room or anything, but they would sell um, kegs or some, whatever they brewed in. I don't actually know, a carboy. I don't know. <laughs> they would sell that to um, local bars. So like my local Hy-Vee, my local grocery store has a bar in it and you can get they had a, a they have one seasonal rotating kombucha that's on the taps along with everything else. And the kombucha that they serve is all you know, like 1%, I think at tops, maybe 2%, but most of it's like 1%, but they serve it like it's beer, you know? Um, and after I had been here for almost a year, I think it was last summer, um, Wild Culture opened their own, uh, tap room kind of so it's definitely not where they brew the the stuff because it's in um this little tiny um space that used to be a bar that also wasn't a brewery so I don't think it would give them the space to do the brewing at volumes that they do but anyway it's um near it's on the north side of town kind of near all the places that the writer's workshop tends to frequent and so I, like I said, I haven't had a chance to go inside because every time I go to that side of town, I'm going to get my hair cut or I'm going to the flower shop or I'm going to like the 
wine and cheese shop. Like I always have a mission when I go there. I never go there and just like wander around, which I should do more often because it's a cute part of town. But this place is adorable. Like the inside interior design is really cute. It's really, um, I don't want to say like kitschy, but it is definitely got the look of a place where like the cool kids go, but without being like too up its own ass. I don't know how to describe it, but it's got like cool light fixtures and it seems very welcoming. And so I have to make it a mission to go there because I actually do like kombucha. I don't buy it in stores ever because I think I never really want it when I'm at home, but I sometimes want it when I go out. I think it's because I've gotten like since I've lived here, I've gotten used to the idea that most of the bars that I go to, if I want to have something to drink, but I don't want to have it be boozy I just order the kombucha that's on tap and it's interesting and it's cool and you know I'm having you know a grown-up beverage that doesn't really have you know any alcohol in it really to speak of and yeah so I just don't think of buying kombucha at home I think the other thing is that usually when I'm at the bars I can get like a taste of it as opposed to like committing to a big bottle that may not be something that I love because kombucha is really variable I've had some like stuff that you buy from the grocery store where I was just like, why do people drink this stuff? I have a couple friends who are like, that's a real good kombucha. And I'm like, well, here we are. So do you want something or not want something? But um, no, I, I do think that, I mean, I've ordered and bought kombucha, kombucha. Wow. Who am I? From <laughs> I bought kombucha from a couple places and I buy it consistently and it's still different per batch depending on, you know, a lot of different variables. Well, it would make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's living, it's breathing, yeah. doing its thing. But um, yeah, I, I actually buy kombucha almost every day, hmm. near almost every day. Cause it's for me, um, keeps the, the ship right. Yep. <laughs> and uh, It's also a little bit easier than like, say eating yogurt. Sometimes don't get me wrong. Yogurt is one of the easiest goddamn foods to eat. However, if I'm in multiple meetings or moving around but having that is kind of better and I'd rather stay hydrated so I keep drinking those things but it also lets me the flavors and I like that but um I really like kombucha for that for the uh, the reasons of portability mm -hmm. <laughs> as well there's so many options it's just like craft beer this stuff is like so many different places are making it learning it so many people I know make it at home and everybody, the minute you're like, oh, I like kombucha, they're like, do you want a, is it a SCOBY or a SCOOBY they call it? I can't remember what they call if it. If they call it that, I would say no. <laughs> but it's a mother, like you could, like they have a mother. But I think it's supposed to be, like, I think there's like a, an acronym for it. And that's why it's called that. Yeah, I know. But anyone offering me that, I'm always like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. I'm really not that serious yet. <laughs> so. Sounds like work. It does sound like work and I have money, so I'm just going to use my money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a piece of shit thing to say. That's totally what I do now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I get fat and not take care of things, throw money at it like that. Um, totally a privileged thing to say. So anyways, <laughs> this has been a very revealing episode and I'm not drunk yet, guys. Not yet. <laughs> Only 20 minutes in. 20 minutes okay so let's go ahead and keep going because we have a tendency to linger and we've we haven't recorded in a while so i think we're just excited to see each other it's true but, oh it's true so 
what are you working on? What's your works in progress? It's kind of hard. You've been traveling a bit. I don't know if you've been able to work. It's true, but um, I don't, I think probably this is something that crocheters and knitters do, but that sewists probably don't do because you would not take your sewing machine on a plane. But I can imagine like maybe an embroiderer would do this. Maybe not though. Um, but I, I'm saying it all the time and nobody knows what the antecedent is. So it, it refers to travel projects. So as a knitter, I don't go anywhere without a knitting project. I cannot remember the last time that I left my house for more than one night when I did not bring a knitting project with me. And sometimes, even if I'm only going to be gone for one night, I bring a knitting project. Damn. And it's not because I think that I'm going to get a huge amount done, but like sometimes you're going to go visit a friend and you're only going to be hanging out with them for like a day and a half, but their sleep schedule is different from yours. And you don't want to be making a bunch of noise when they're trying to be sleeping and knitting is perfect for that. Um, and knitting, like the projects tend to be really portable. Um, but the biggest reason that I like to do it is, you know how some people really like to have souvenirs from trips? You know, they yeah. like to go shopping and buy a little something to remind them of the trip. I've definitely gotten to the point in my life where I don't buy souvenirs anymore, not because I think they're stupid or silly or anything. It's just that I have the things in my life that I want and need. And occasionally I'll come across a souvenir where I'm like, oh, this is perfect and wonderful and I really want this thing. But typically that doesn't really happen for me. I buy things for other people, but I don't tend to buy very much for myself. Um, the only things I do purchase are I purchase yarn, if it's yarn that I can't get at home, <laughs> which oftentimes it is. Like surprise. a lot of communities now have, um, what'd you say? I said, surprise, surprise, you'll find the yarn that's not available at home. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so I feel like a lot of communities have um, people that are hand dyers where their work isn't shipped, you know, very far. Um, but the other thing that I like is I like um, the association of the memory of knitting a thing in a place that I went to. So okay. the um, the project that I took with me to um, Paris and England, um, the other, I guess I should have also said this, you, your project has got to be, um, targeted to the amount of attention that you're going to have. And so I take pretty simple projects when I go so that, you know, if I'm on a plane or if I'm jet lagged or I'm, you know, distracted by various things that people don't actually want me to be participating in, but I have to like be around, um, so I, I take things that are very simple. And so this time what I took was a, a pattern called um, Shockwaves. And it's by, um, I, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, Beata Jezik. She is a yarn dyer in Ireland. And her um, yarn company is called Hedgehog Fibers. Um, and it's pretty well known in the knitting community. She does um, speckled yarns and very... Um, uh, bright colors and intense colors, but she the, a lot of variety. Um, but her yarn has a lot of personality to it, which I really like. Um, anyway, so her pattern that she made, she designed this pattern to be something that shows off really nicely hand-painted yarns to their best effect, so it doesn't interfere with the pattern of the yarn, 
like the pattern of the project doesn't interfere with the um, yarn dyeing. Yeah. So it's basically a gigantic stole, or as she calls it, a schlanket, like a shawl that is actually a blanket. Schlank gets a little on the weird, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> hard to say. Yeah, so I don't know if you'll be able to see the whole pattern, but it's like two feet wide, and it'll end up being like six feet long. And the way that it's designed, it sort of has like a chevron and then a straight mm -hmm. section and then a chevron that's sort of asymmetrical chevron and a straight section, another chevron. So it sort of is, I don't know how you, it's, yeah. it's patterned across. Is that almost like a lace? Well, it, yeah. So there's lace in the, um, there's sort of lace stripes between the different segments so it's not complicated lace. Like you would not have a hard time making this. That's the kind of crazy thing about it is that the pattern itself is um, very, very, very straightforward. So it ends up looking interesting while being very simple. It's basically a two row repeat. So on one side, you always do the same thing. And on the other side, you always do the same thing. And you just do that over and over and over again till wow. it gets as long as you want it to. And you're basically fading one color into the next. So I don't know if you'll be able to see this very well, but it starts off being a plain, not plain, it's like a hand-dyed pale turquoise, but it's a relatively solid color. And then that fades into a purpley, speckly yeah. one. And the purpley, speckly one has a dark version of this teal in it so it it's kind of a subtle fade yeah and then the last color that i will do when i have time is the dark purple that goes with the dark purple in the speckly one so these are all yarns that i um, have had for a very long time and i just did not know what to do with them because they were all very pretty but i only had one skein of each so it's hard to it's hard to make something big with that. Plus, these are all single ply yarns, so they don't hold up to wear and tear very well. Um, it's just a single ply, so even if I had decided to make something like a, a pair of mittens, like the way I treat mittens, they would not last. <laughs> um, so I thought you know like this is a this is something that I'll throw over my shoulders and it's not going to rub on very much like it's not going to catch on very much it's not going to be asked to withstand a lot of tugging and pulling um so the yarns that I'm using the solid colors are a, of course a discontinued yarn because I'm awesome at that um it's the plucky knitter single so it's 70% wool 30% silk and then the other one which I am totally in love with and I'm very excited about talking about with you kind of in the bigger picture sense is called um Toshmo Lights. It's Madeline Tosh Toshmo Light. So it's I think something like 70 to 80 percent wool, 20 to 30 percent kid mohair. And that's a single ply. And the reason I'm excited about that is because it feels lovely. It's beautiful. But I am really cottoning to the idea, uh, <laughs> not to be super punny about it, I'm Thank really, <laughs> mm, I'm really um, getting into the idea of mohair as a replacement for both 
um, silk and nylon. Um, because the staple length of mohair is so long and it's strong and resilient. Um, the kid mohair isn't like the kid mohair is sort of soft, but mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know a whole lot about mohair, um, in the sense of like, I'm not sure how it is collected, how it's spun or anything like that. So I have a lot to research on that, but it's cool that you're seeing it as this replacement. Yeah, I heard about it first as a replacement for nylon from a company called Blacker that um, makes, they're working very hard. And I think they may have gotten to the point where they do entirely cruelty-free yarns. So they won't use silk unless it's the silk that the silkworm has already come out of the cocoon. So that they Ex won't. Hmm? Exited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the silk that they use is only that type of silk. So they won't, the silkworms don't die in that process. Um, they won't use nylon in any of their blends, but they did recommend um, their mohair blend yarn as a sock yarn because the mohair is very strong. Um, and <clears throat> in that case, it's probably not, a, I don't think it's a kid mohair, it's like an adult mohair. So it's sort of like the mohair that would be used for like mohair suits in the 60s and um, upholstery and things like that. So it's tough, it's, it's resilient. The other thing that I learned about, and I can't remember how I learned about this. I want to say it was from a podcast that doesn't exist anymore that included the woman who um, is behind the yarn company Quince & Co. And what she was talking about is uh, Quince & Co. many years ago launched a yarn that is half wool, half mohair. And all of their yarns are from the United States. Like they get fibers from the United States, but they had to work very, very hard to find an American mohair because the U S used to be a huge producer of mohair, but that sort of went to the wayside with outsourcing to other countries and things like that. So now I think South Africa is a bigger producer of mohair than the U S is, but there are these places in Texas that, um, that grow, grow, raise goats raise. <laughs> from which they gather mohair um so yeah so that's interesting it's a it's a renewable crop it's um generally cruelty free because i don't think those goats get treated in any way to make the mohair grow any differently than it normally would um so so yeah i'm kind of excited about that and so this is my first time trying a mohair yarn that wasn't one of those like boucle yarns that i hate <laughs> hate yeah. a boucle yarn. I love the effect, but knitting a boucle yarn makes me want to give up on crafting. I hate it so much. Well, um, that's a great way to like have a lot of mistakes. And mm -hmm. never, yeah, for people who don't knit, because I realize there's people who don't knit on this show that are listening to this show. Boucle yarns are textured yarns. They're spun in a way to make like have a lot of irregularities. It looks like a lot of the yarn is popping out in little bubbles, little loops. And, little loops and it when knit together it makes almost a chenille like texture mm -hmm. like when you chenille like have that bumpy but dense soft and puffy look and it's really great for baby blankets and interesting Honestly, it had a comeback in sweaters too I think yeah no I think you're right I think that overall that higher texture I think we even saw it at the knitting live mm -hmm. we did Vogue knitting live but like big chunky blue kit uh oh my god boucle yarns <laughs> i was like oh, oh what word um 
But when knitting at home, you'll constantly miss where you were knitting or if you don't mark your stitches carefully and can, if you can't see them easily, it's just a, I drop stitches in that a lot. Yeah. And I had a hard time even counting my stitches to see if I had made a mistake. Yeah. And yeah, I eventually was like, you know, I love the final product, but I don't love the product enough to keep doing this. Like it is not worth it. So, so I was really excited to find a mohair that, um, isn't done that way. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's just made up as a single. Right on. Well, very good. Um, anything else? Well, the other thing is something that you already know about, but our fine listeners do not, which is that um, one of our cousins um, is having a baby and I'm super excited. And she contacted um, both of us recently, actually. She sent an email to the both of us asking if either of us were knitters because clearly she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and um but someone else in the family told her she knew. Yes. Yeah. I mean she knew. <laughs> and basically um when our grandmother uh died, um she left behind a bunch of projects and a bunch of yarn and we all um during the memorial took parts of those projects that we, that were particularly like meaningful to us or that we thought were cool or whatever. And so our cousin had taken a partially finished baby blanket thinking that that would be her trigger to teach herself how to knit. Um, but of course that's a really tough thing to do. Life throws you curveballs, and you don't necessarily get the chance to try all the things you wanted to try. So she reached out and asked if she could send me or us this partially finished baby blanket because of course being our grandmother, our grandmother had every single project in a bag, like in a little um, project bag with the printed out pattern and all of the materials. Neat. So the, the project bag is actually a really cute um, uh, brown project bag with like little um, like, animals on the front so there's a giraffe and a lion and an elephant and oh, some grass cool. it's super cute it's perfect for a kid's project um and it contains all the yarn that we need for making this baby blanket and it's basically like a feather and fan baby blanket so um for anybody who is not familiar with feather and fan it's a very simple kind of lace that makes um shell shapes in the knitting and it makes the edges scalloped so you get like this pretty little scallop effect but just like the um shock waves the pattern is super simple and this one is even simpler than the other because there's one pattern row and then three plain rows of just plain knitting and then the same pattern row and then three rows of plain knitting so that you end up with this repetitive lace pattern. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's interesting because the three plain rows, mm -hmm. I immediately think that those would be straight across, but because of your pattern row, it shifts everything so that it continues the pattern. So it gives it a, a wavy look on purpose. Exactly. And I needed to see, seeing it on grandma's blanket there, 
is a lot easier to understand than say on the shockwave one, which I was just like, whoa, these chevrons are crazy, you know, but I hear the point that it's, it's a, just by the, um, that one pattern row kind of forces any plane knitting into, into line. Yes. Um, so I am super excited about contributing to that because I just, I think our grandmother would be thrilled to death to know that she had started something and that even though she wasn't able to finish it, somebody else in the family could finish it for another family member for her great granddaughter. I think grandma would be so pleased. Dare I say she was so organized that any up where she left off. And that's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yes. I, I said this on the message when we got the message from our cousin. I was like, this is a time traveling love letter. Like, this is Yes. But it really is. These are those kind of things that I'm like, you, it took years because I think, did she die in 2014? It's been five years. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since she passed. And, you know, we didn't know that this cousin was going to have a baby. We didn't know that that was where people were going to go with their lives. And it's pretty amazing. So I love that was what she had happened to pick out and that's what exactly what she needed. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And the final thing I will say, we will not have time to talk about it today, but the fact that you, it's really cool that you brought up that idea that um, one patterned row can force the rest of the knitting into an interesting shape because there's actually a mathematician who studies that. And she is, she says she's, um, She's not only really interesting and in, interested in knitting, but she's interested in how um, shapes form and how things like that, how, how strings come together to make shapes. And so people actually ask her to like theorize whether or not something could be knitted like other mathematicians because they're very interested in these things. So at some other point we will discuss this. I don't pretend to understand it, but it is very cool. I I appreciate that there's someone out there who's gone to those depths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So tell me about your projects. Okay. So currently ah, I missed another baby blanket deadline. (laughs) Better baby. (laughs) Guys, stop having babies. No, I'm just kidding. Please keep having babies. Just slow down. Just slow down. Just no, I had plenty of warning. Again, this friend told me early, earlier than anybody else. (laughs) I keep being told, and then I don't know what happens. Anyways, I was probably trying to finish that last baby blanket. It was <laughs> a traditional woven baby blanket. Um, and it's just out of, well, I don't know if she listens or not. Hard to say. But anyways, I'm just going to say it because it it's too late. It's in work. It's coming her way. Um, it's just a denim one. I love working with denim shirting a lot. Um, I always think they it come makes up. cool blankets. It really does. I'm a big fan. So um, I'm doing that, but on the back side, funny enough, you and I, when we were at Knit and Bolt, oh, sometime this winter, it might have been during when you'd come for um, Vogue Knitting Live, we stopped have, yeah. and Bolt, and we'd bought a couple of fabric swatch, like uh, remnants, you know, that we were going to like do, I don't know, some projects with, and in the end, I, I decided to use that, and it's kind of a celestial print, and it's from Japan by Cotton and Steel, I think is the mill brand. Um but it's navy blue and it has moons and stars on it. It's supposed to be kind of more of like a holiday print, I think. That's when it was, you know, released. However, my friend is witchy, woo-woo, and I love it. And so I'm making that as the back of her blanket. Well, 
Well, I, I kind of want to jump ahead to something else, but I'll explain that. I'll, I'll leave it for my gold star. But uh, a friend of mine kind of came in on the gift as well. So I'll explain that in the gold star. But I'm working on that baby blanket. I've also got to hem up a couple pairs of jeans for dad, which, by the way, now reports a 27-inch inseam, which don't spit your drink out. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for your wedding island, when we picked up his suit and I knew that they had a 28-inch inseam on that, I was like, oh, look at this little baby suit. Like, look at this suit. <laughs> I, they put it in just the jacket bag island. Not, they didn't even put it in the whole, like, suit bag that like you normally expect. It was just a jacket cover. I was like, where's the rest? Oh, it's inside. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So I, when I was talking to the dad the other day, I was like, okay, you know, dad's, gotten, dad's been enjoying his treats at um, – at the veterans home been eating lots of treats so he has gone up to a 33 waist but when i asked about his inseam he was like 27 i was like what that can't be true <laughs> can't be true i already thought 28 was on the shorter end but 27 is now it so chris wants me to split the difference he was like maybe 27 and a half give the man a little pride like <laughs> i was like so um, well, height was never our dad's pride anyway oh no <laughs> <laughs> not at all so uh anyways so I'm hemming up some jeans for him and what else am I doing right now I had a big big kid event at work and um I helped organize a big event with 30 kids and their parents and that kind of took a whole lot of shit out of me so um in a really cool very cool way um but organizing a lot of crafts and ideas for kids is like next level. And then actually seeing the kids do it and then like freak out and love it. I was like, oh, this is great. But it did kind of like completely sideline my crafts. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at on things I'm doing right now. I'm just getting back into the swing of like on weekends, I can work on my stuff kind mm -hmm. of thing. So that's, yeah, I think that's about it right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, shall we get to gold stars? We've been talking a lot. So I think sure. we should Yes, we should wrap it up. Uh, so I have, I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Continue. Sending it out on a toast. Um, so I think that the the gold star that I'm going to give this week is to Thinks, the um, underwear for people who menstruate. I don't know if they advertise themselves any other way, but that's the way I've seen them. It's like underwear for people who have periods. So, you know, if you're sensitive to this kind of conversation, then uh, feel free to skip to the end and we will talk to you next time. But um, I have been trying and we've this is a, a recurring thing that we talk about on the show is trying to get away from consumables, trying to get away from plastics trying to get away from single use items of any type. And so I noticed that I had done a fairly good job, like a long, long time ago, I got away from using disposable like tampons and pads and I use a Diva cup and I am very happy with that. I haven't ever had to replace it. I, it's never gotten damaged. Um, shockingly, I've never lost it, which is really I what know. I thought was gonna I happen. So long. Oh. I feel like this is my longest relationship. <laughs> this is my longest relationship. 
second. It's like, no, I definitely bought this. I bought it back when you and I originally talked about it well over a decade ago. Um, when I was still a graduate student, I bought it from the Emma Goldman Clinic in Iowa City, which uh, was the only place I think that carried them um, at the time. This was back when Diva Cups, I think, only came in one size and, you know, whatever. Um, I, I bought it not really knowing how I was going to feel about it, but I was willing to give it a try and I freaking love it. Like I really, really love it. So I was, um, I think it was like a, a week or two ago, I realized that I was like reaching for a panty liner and it was wrapped in plastic. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, yeah. but you know, I think I, I just had never really thought about the fact that like, I, I don't know if I'm going to, my, my periods are not regular. So I can't just like wear a diva cup all the time. So I always have this one day where I'm like, Oh, Oh, it's happening. And then I have, you know, the panty liner that I use. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like I, I can't believe that I'm doing this. And I was trying to think about what to replace it with. And I was like, Oh my God, thanks. Like I've been, thinking that I didn't need these because I already have a cup. And so why would I buy these very, they're expensive, like thinks are expensive underwear. Uh, why would I buy them when I've already got my solution? Um, and when I went on the website to look at them, um, thinks now has, you know, obviously multiple different styles, but they also have different fabrics. So oh, they had, yeah. So they previously had um, designed underwear primarily for people having a heavy flow day, like for like a full on having your period day. Um, but now they have a, what they call thinks air. So it's like a mesh around the body. And then the crotch part is still absorbent, but it's more for like a light to medium type day. Hmm. And the, the mesh part is like a moisture wicking part. And let me tell you, there's never a day that I don't want moisture wicking <laughs> underwear. This is. So I, so I am very intrigued by this. Mm-hmm. You know, this like I said, work for my advantage. Go ahead. Too much. They're not cheap. I mean, they're not cheap underwear. I think it's like thirty to forty dollars a pair. So it, you know, I'm not trying to act like this is no biggie and everybody should go replace all their underwear with these. But, um. They are, you know, they're hand washable. They, um, the Thinks Air in particular, they describe as being very quick to dry when you wash them. So like if you did need to wear them multiple times in a week, it would be easy to do that. And they were super comfortable and their size recommendations are accurate. So like if you go and look at the size guide and it says, you know, measure this part and this is the size you should buy. They fit me really well. I do not know what the size range is. Thinks does go up to um, larger sizes and definitely smaller sizes. They've been really inclusive, at least in their marketing, about what's available. Well, I was going to say in their marketing, it definitely looks inclusive, but that I just didn't know how that translated in real life. I had looked at buying Thinks um, a few years ago when a friend, my our really good friend Eileen was like, these are the shit. You should try them. And I was also with you on this, like, eh, I don't really have a period anymore because I have a IUD. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the thing. I'm just thinking about this right now because we just had a full moon. During full moons and sometimes new moons, which is super weird, and I don't know why this is my body, but it is, I spot during these these two phases of the cycle, especially during full moons. And currently, I'm spotting. And yes, I'm using a panty liner, and I hate that. And it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to break that habit because it is definitely the emergency that I keep in every bag. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I also am one of those people who stress spot bleed. And that can come from like really tough timing or like, you know, at work, a really stressful situation. Or if I'm lacking in sleep, it'll totally spot. I'll totally spot. I like how I talk about it like it's not me. It's yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not in control. Um, but during this time frame, I definitely know that I will spot bleed. So I wear a panty liner for a few days around this time, sometimes wastefully. So I would maybe, and now that I know that things has a lighter version, I think I'd be more interested because of the versions that I like for coverage, as far as like my derriere and stuff, mm-hmm. I think you would have time. Whoever's listening to this podcast, enjoy this. My, <laughs> my butt eats underwear. I, is, I have a big butt. I'm not going to say I'm curvy. I'm not that person who's like, I got curves. I don't. I'm actually very straight hipped. It's just, I have this big old tuchus and it eats underwear. It, it thongs fucking forget about it. Might as well. It's gone. It's solid gone. And everyone's like, oh, they're not. No, 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 they absolutely are not. They are not. So grandma panties are the only things that cannot fully be eaten. They still get eaten. I still have to pluck, like pull out deal deal with that shit every day so anyways i got some full coverage panty situations happening and the ones from thanks a few years ago were for heavy flow and i was like i don't got a heavy flow i just have a couple spots here and there and i just didn't i the idea of it being possibly sweaty or Mm -hmm. like close to my body and making me warmer i was like that's already a problem too i already i don't need that i don't need that i'm for whatever reason god was like do you want to sweat on your head you want to sweat in your crotch? Cool. This is for you. <laughs> like, it's literally, I don't know what God was like. No. Here. Get a really sweaty head. You have really fine hair. So let's make sure they get real sweaty real fast at the idea of sweating. I want you to ruin your hair. And I also want to make sure that you can only wear skirts and never shorts because you get sweaty ne- back of your knees and thighs. And you're like, enjoy. Have a great summer, Miranda. Like, Fuck you, God. <laughs> well, for you, my dear, I highly recommend the Thinks Air in the Hip Hugger style. I like it. And also strong have, recommendation. You also have the same butt issue. Yes. But you are so much smaller than me. So this is another thing that I also find very interesting. You and I are very different in size. I'm like an 18, maybe going on 20 now. And you, I think, are at like a four, a six? Six. Yeah. But we both have the same butt problem. That's oh, yes. Our butt will win the war no matter what we do. <laughs> but we try. <laughs> so many friends who are like, thongs are so comfortable. And I'm like, fuck you. They are not. No, 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 no. My butt no. eats it, then lets it ride all the way up, and then hugs my fucking, uh, my love handles, making me look like a honey-baked ham. I look like a fat, swollen foot in a thong. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a flip-flop from someone with one too many margaritas. Like, I just, <laughs> goddamn disaster. So everyone's like, it's so smooth under my dress. I'm like, oh, cool. I love this line that's just in my shit. Like, no. It's great. I mean, it's in my shit, but it definitely cuts me into a caterpillar. It looks awful. 
like Sorry. a segmented worm. No or none. <laughs> yeah. um, um, the final the final pro to thinks is that when you order them, all of the packaging is biodegradable. Fuck yeah! I like it. Ding ding ding. Okay, that's a good gold star. Yep. Um, sorry, my dog is flipping out. Amazing. She needs her uh, tummy and belly rubbed real bad. All right, so my gold star is this, and I didn't tell you this, and I think it's going to warm your heart too. My friend Bushra, who I went to middle, middle high school, we've been friends a really, really long time. And my friend Amanda, who I went to college with, and we lived on the same floor for almost all four years, and we've kind of stayed in touch for a long time. Amanda just had a baby. Amanda is my witchy woo-woo friend. And I showed her a photo of a garland that my friend Bushra made for um, for Ramadan because she lives in the South. Not a lot of people understand what Ramadan is, what Eid is, uh, or even saying what Eid Murbach means. Like there's all these, there's some things. So anyway, so she made this beautiful garland out of this, uh, and it's the, the moon cycles. So it's like a dark paper with like a celestial pattern. And then she cut out patterns of the moon, um, literally the, the moon phases. That sounds Actually, beautiful. It is beautiful. And I will take a photo and send it, um, uh, not send it, but add it to our Stitchcraft podcast, just because it was a really cool idea. Um, anyways, I loved it because she made it for Ramadan, but I sent it to my friend Amanda. I was like, check out this garland that my friend Busher made. And my friend Amanda loved it. She was like, that is so cool. And I was like, right. I tell Busha, Amanda thought that was so cool. And so Busha made Amanda a garland. They don't know each other. They've just heard about each other like 10, 15 years. So they know about each other. I know, right? Tears. She made this beautiful garland and she made it out of this like mermaidy color paper and a celestial background. It matches the back of the quilts that I'm making for Amanda. And it's Amanda's favorite, like mermaidy colors. And again, these women have never met each other and they are on very different spectrums of why the moon matters to them because religiously speaking, very different. Yep. This is like a little love letter to each other because they, I just love that Amanda loved it and that Bushra made it and sent it to me. And also it turned out Bushra made it and sent it on the day that Amanda's baby was born. <gasps> it couldn't have been more perfect in time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So when it arrived at my house on Saturday, I was like, oh, when did you make this? She's like, oh, I made it like on Thursday. I was like, really? And she was like, oh, no, no, not Thursday. I think she made it on Thursday, Friday, and then she had sent it on Saturday when Amanda's baby was born. So I had gotten it a, like a week later, but I just couldn't believe like how perfect was the timing of that. That's my gold star is that I have amazing friends. Indeed. And uh, I'm just amazed at how things come together sometimes. So that is all. That's my gold star. That is awesome. Very yeah. cool. So that's it. Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to find us, the best place to look is Instagram. We're there as Stitchcraft Sisters. That is the thing we use the most often. Um, the podcast itself can be found on iTunes or on our website, which is stitchcraftsisters.com. Um, and if you want to boost our, our profile, you can give us a review on iTunes. 
Um, and if you have any questions, concerns, comments, corrections, those can go to us on Instagram. If you would prefer not to be identified, then you can just send them to us on our website and just let us know if you want the comment to be posted or not. And if you don't want it to be posted, then we just won't. And then, you know, you can just say your thing privately to us. But um, we always welcome comments on Instagram also. Yay. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening and for being patient with us with our what is clearly a monthly podcast. <laughs> I mean, we'll always try to do better, but, you know, let's just be honest about what it is. This is a mom and pop up. It's a sister and sister operation, actually. Yes. It's going to be what's going to be. Yeah. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye.